The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Ayin Gima. Today's daf is being studied. Alun Shmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Laslahat Am Yisrael Be'eretz Yisrael U'Befrat Hayalei Yisrael. That Bezat Hashem we should have success in our from our enemies and we should have Shalom Ba'ares Yisrael Yishkon Nabeta Obad Yisrael Goel Amen. Amen. We begin today's daf on Ayin Bet Amud Bet. And we are five lines from the bottom, starting from the first word on the line. Comes the Gemara and says, Ma'ase Rokim. When the Torah is talking about the uh, embroidered work that was done, let's say, on the curtains in the Mishkan, so the Torah calls them Ma'ase Rokim, which literally means it was work done uh, by embroidery. But the Torah also uses a lashon maaseh choshev, which literally means the work of a designer. So the Gemara now is going to try to explain what's the difference between maaseh rokem and maaseh choshev. So the Gemara says, Amar bi el azar shirokmin b'makom shehoshvim, which means what they would do is they would make a an outline, a design of let's say the image that they wanted to put on the curtains and then when the embroiderers would come they would embroider over the image so if we had Maaseh Hoshev that's the designer that would design the image and then after they designed the image they would embroider over now these images were the uh, Kirubim which was on the um, covering of the Mishkan which was actually 10 panels long like the Torah tells us it was the lowest covering of the Mishkan and it had on it the image of Kirubim comes the Gemara and continues Tana Meshemed Rabbi Nehamya Rokem Maaseh Mahat when it says Rokem so that was done by needlepoint Lefichach Parsuf Echad the needlepoint goes through the garment and therefore it's one image it's just it's different uh, sides of the image you have a mirror image on the other side because if you have one kiruv on one side if you look at on the other side you'll see the same kiruv just the mirror Im- image of it and the Gemara then says Choshev when it says Choshev Maase Oreg that would be embroidery work which is referenced to the Fichach Shne Parsufot which as she explains is that on certain of the, the curtains of the Mishkan when it says Maase Choshev they would put like that she compares it to a silk belt that has on it cloths on both sides 
of the belt. So they would embroider on one side one image, and on the other side another image. So therefore it's considered ma'asir Moshe, which means two different images on two different sides. When it says ma'asir rokim, that's needlework. That goes through the garment itself. It's one image, just you have a mirror, a mirror image on the other side. And ma'asir hoshev, the Gemara is saying, it's actually two different images, because it has like a silk across both sides, and they would uh, embroider on it. We can read that in Nashi. Uh, that she would begin um, starting from Shirokmim Bimkom Shehoshvim. It's all the way up on the left side. Betchilam Metakin Atsura Ala Beged, Al Yedet Seva. First, they would color the uh, garment uh, with a dye. Be'arka Chrokma Bimahat. And then they would needle point over the image. Choshev Maase Oreg, Sheyesh La Lidia Shtekirot. There were two sides or two walls on the yiri'ah, on the panel. Ushtet surot al shtekirotea. And the two images on the two sides in domot zulazu. They were not similar. Pa'amim shimisad ze'ari, umisad ze'neshed. For example, you had on one side a lion, the other side an eagle. Kemol lahagurot shil meshi. Like the uh, silk belt that she's referring to. Da'inu bet parsufim. That would refer to the double images that we're talking about. Abad rokem. But we're talking about the needle pointing. Ketsurato mikan kan surato mikan. Which is the same image on both sides. Comes the... <coughs> Gemara and continues. Be'elu nishalim be'urim vetumim. We said that when the Kohen Gadol is wearing the eight garments, then he is able to receive questions that are answered by the urim vetumim. The urim vetumim again was the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. It had the twelve stones. Above them they had the names of the tribes and some other names that the Gemara will tell us. And somehow, like the Gemara will explain, it used to answer different questions that were uh, asked by it. Ki Ravdimi, when Ravdimi came from Eris Israel, Amari said, Begadim shekohen gadol meshamesh bahen, the clothes that the Kohen Gadol wears, meaning the eight garments, Mashuach milchama meshamesh bahen. There's another type of Kohen Gadol, he's called the Kohen Mashuach He's actually the Kohen that prepares the nation and takes them out to war. The Torah discusses that there's a certain, uh, we'll call it a speech or a, a talk, that only this Kohen must have with the uh, army before they go out to war. He is anointed, he's called the Kohen Mashuach Milhaman. The Rabdimi is teaching us that he also got, gets to wear the eight garments. So comes to Shine'emar, Kodesh Aharon, and the garments, Kodesh, the holy vestments that will go to Aharon, Yeyule Banav Acharav will also be worn by his sons, Aharav. Now the word Aharav in this pasuk is extra. You can just say, Yehu, Lebanav. What is it, Aharav? So the Gemara says, Lemi Sheba Bigdula Aharav. The man that is second in greatness after the Kohen. Which is after the Kohen Gadol, the official one of the Beit HaMikdash, the next one is the Kohen Mashuach Melchama. He's the second one, so to speak, in Gedulah. So when the pasuk says, Aharav, I mean, not only does Aharon wear the big day Keonah, the eight, but also the one that's Aharab, the one that's next in line for greatness, we'll call it, he also wears the uh, Begadim, that would be the eight Begadim. Let's read Rashi, Mashuach Melchama, Kohen Shemashku Lemelchama. Okay, the Kohen that they anointed him for war, Ledaber Devre Ma'archea Melchama, in order to speak, to the ranks of the war, Shneemad bin Igasha Kohen bin Diber Elaam. 
משמש בין אם בא לעבוד בבית המקדש. If he comes to serve in the בית המקדש, this כהן משוח מלחמה, לובש חטא בגדים. He wears the eight garments. יהיו לבניו אחריו, היי אחריו קראי תראו. The word אחריו is extra. למדרש בה כל גידולות נוהגות בזרעו אחריו. All the גידולה of the כהן Uh, all the gedulah uh, that applies to the zera of Aaron, umashuah melchama gedulai. This is a mashuah melchama. He is uh, he has gedulai. He has greatness, and therefore all the laws of kiyuna apply to him as well. Comes the Gemara and continues. Mativ rab adabarabah ve'amri la kedi. Some say it was kedi. Some say kedi is the name of a rabbi. Yachol yeh benoshel mashuah melchama mishamesh tachtav kederek shebenoshel kohen gadol mishamesh tachtav. Do we say that the Kohen Mashuach Melchama's children or sons uh, inherit his position if they're worthy, just like the sons of the Kohen Gadol inherit their father's position if they're worthy, which means is the position bequeathed from father to son by the Kohen Mashuach Melchama? So the Gemara says, Tamud Omar, Shivat Yamim Yil Basham Kohen Tahtab Mibanab Asher Yavo El Ohil Mu'ed. So we have a pasuk, it says that uh, for seven days the Kohen will wear the garments. Uh, which Kohen will wear the garments? The Kohen that goes into oil mu'id. Mi shira'u'i lavo'il oil mu'id. The one that's ra'u'i to walk into oil mu'id. Which seems to this Gemara, that only the Kohen that's ra'u'i to walk into the Kodesh Kodashim, he gets to wear the eight garments. Yilbasham, he wears them. Since he doesn't have access into the Kodesh Kodashim, so he doesn't qualify to wear the eight garments. The Pasuk is hinging the eight garments on ability to access the Kodesh Kodashim. So Rashi says, top line, uh, that Aleph would be. To serve in the Kodesh. On that coin I say, That his son will inherit uh, the position. So you see over here clearly what? That a Kohen Mashuach Milchama, since he does not walk into the Kodesh, Kodashim, so he does not, he's uh, not, Inherit his uh, job to his children. Okay? Again, because the Pasuk says, Shiva'at Yamim Yil Bashamukin Tahtab mi Banav. And it will be inherited subsequently to his children. So the Gemara says, Vi'in Ita, and the Gemara goes back. But if you're going to tell me that the Kohen Mashuak Melchama indeed wears eight garments, Mirza Hazeh, he's Ra'ui. Why isn't he able to walk into the Kodesh Kodashim? Which means, what should stop him from walking in the Kodesh Kodashim? He's wearing, if he's wearing the eight garments, the Gaura, he's Yisrael. Uh, she says, second line, V'im ita d'v'ayit b'gadim u'meshamesh kol ha-shana, ha'ina mem mechzaq hazeh, t'ekhti b'yom ha-kipunim v'chipel ha-kohen ha-shin imshak otov ha-shin yemale et yado. Now what does mile et yado mean? V'chol milu yadayim al yedea b'gadimu. So long as he has eight pegadim, he goes to the Kodesh Kodashim. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar, Amar, Yitzhak, Achikamar, Kol she'ikar meshi'ato le'ohel mu'ed. 
who bequeathed the position to his son, the Kohen, that's main anointment, was for entry in the Kodesh Kodashim. Chui might be allowed to walk into the Kodesh Kodashim, but his main inauguration was for what? For Milchama. And therefore, since the main inauguration was for Milchama, he does not qualify for bequeathing the job to his son. Metived, the governor asked a question. Mashuach Milchama, regarding the Mashuach Milchama, Eno Mishamesh, Lo Barbaha, Ke Kohen Ediot. He doesn't wear four garments like a Kohen Ediot. Lo Bishmona, Ke Kohen Gadol. Nor does he wear eight garments like a Kohen Gadol. Uh, so you see over here, he doesn't wear eight. He only wears somewhere between four and uh, eight. He doesn't wear four like a Kohen Ediot, nor eight like a Kohen Gadol. What do you mean? You made him like a non-Kohen now. If he's not wearing four or eight, so you're, what are you treating him like? A Yisrael? Meaning why? He has no Kedusha? Which means really he's a Kohen Gadol, this guy. And really from the Torah he should wear eight garments. The only reason why we don't let him wear eight garments is because of Eva. Mahlokit. We're worried that there might be jealousy. You can have now two Kohanim wearing eight garments, it might cause a uh, rift between the Kohanim. So really, in the Torah, he wears eight. Elawa, Hakarim came along with Shumeva? No. Kikohen Ediot. Now you can't put the clothes of the Kohen Ediot on him. Mishum Mahalim Bakodesh Velo Moridim. Because we have a rule. Once already he's the for eight uh, garments, so you can't downgrade him to wear four garments. So bottom line you see over here that what? You see he doesn't wear eight garments. So you're telling me before when the Dimi came, you told me the Kohen Matsu he wears eight Begadim. Now we're seeing over here that no, he doesn't wear not four, not eight, because bottom line, he's not Ra'ui, not for the Kohen Gadol's job in the sense because it'll be Eva, and not for the Kohen Gadol because of the issue of Bari Bakodesh. So there's another Tana that doesn't know of the Eva issue. Which means he holds that we're not worried about the Kohen getting jealous of his realm. And still he holds that the Kohen Mashuah doesn't wear eight garments. So bottom line, everybody in these opinions holds he doesn't wear eight garments. One opinion holds is because of Eva. Now you're going to see a second opinion that holds he doesn't wear eight garments, but Eva is not the issue. Why? The Tanya, because we have a Brayta. This is a long Brayta. <coughs> the Brayta says, The varim sheben Kohen Gadol and Kohen Ejot. The following items are differences between a regular Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Hidyot. And here are the following differences. We're going to go with the Gaon Mevilna's Gersa over here. And just read it. That's the first difference, which means that the Kohen makes a, a mistake on something that is punishable. Uh, if you did it b'shogeg hatat, and if you did it b'mezid karet, so the law is a kohen gadol has to bring a par, he has to bring a bull. However, a kohen idiot, if he's in the same position that made a mistake, he brings either a keves or a sa'ir. That means a sheep or a goat. So that's the first difference. Kohen gadol is korban. A, uh, a mistake that was done, or a kohen idiot. 
Next difference, Upar Yom Kippurim. Of course, that's the part the Kohen Gadol brought on Yom Kippur as atonement. Only the Kohen Gadol brings it, but not the Kohen Gadol. As we learned, the Kohen Gadol every day has to bring a special personal korban, that's specific for the Kohen Gadol, not the Kohen Gadol. That's a flower uh, offering. Which means he is not allowed to uh, grow his hair. In the case that there is avilut, the Kohen Gadol must uh, shave his hair, take a haircut from time to time. Lo porem, nor does he um, rip his garments. However, if somebody dies in the Kohen Gadol's immediate family, he does rip his personal garments, lemata. Meaning on the bottom, at the hem of the garment, he does tear them. But the Kohen Gadol, he rips his garments like a regular person, meaning uh, on top. Next difference, which we know, the Kohen Gadol cannot contaminate himself, even for the seven close relatives. He must marry a virgin, the Kohen Gadol. He's not allowed to marry a widow. And when the Kohen Gadol dies, all the murderers that are in the Eid Miklat are set free. He can bring a sacrifice even when he's an Onen. That means one of his relatives died before the burial. The Kohen Gadol still can bring sacrifices. However, he does not eat from the sacrifices when he's Onen. Uh, he does not either divvy up when he's an onen to eat it later. Talakha says, you can eat from a korban if at the time of the divvying it up you weren't ra'ui. And since he's an onen, he's not ra'ui to eat, so he's not ra'ui for the division to eat it later on. Venotel ha'elek barosh, and he also gets the first, uh, first rights to, uh, at the, um, at the pieces of the korban. So when they're dipping up the Qurban, as we said in the earlier Mishnah, that the Kohen Gadol has the first rights for division, and he also has rights to bring whatever sacrifice he wants. Just no matter what Kohen is serving on that day, always the Kohen Gadol has rights to do the Amodah first. Okay, he also wears eight garments. It's interesting, that if the Kohen Gadol goes into the Bet Mikdash Tameh, he is patur from karet. Of course, it's asur, but the karet does not apply to a kohen gadol. Vechol avodot yom kippurim elam kesherot elabo. All the services of yom kippur are only kosher by the kohen gadol. Vechula noagot bimruba begadim. Now, all of these uh, services, all these uh, services of the kohanim. The Noheget as well, these laws that we just said, is a Kohen Gadol that was not anointed with the oil. You have to remember, after the first Beta Mikdash, they lost the oil. They lost the Shem and Amishcha. So the only uh, thing that made a Kohen Gadol a Kohen Gadol was because he wore eight garments. So there's technically uh, two types of Kohanim. You have a Kohen Beshem and Amishcha, Kohen Gadol. And then you have a Kohen that's called Merubah Begadim. What makes him a Kohen Gadol is the fact that he wears eight garments. So the bright that say all the laws that we just said, don't only apply to a Kohen Mashuach, a Kohen that was anointed with the Yos, but it also applies to a Kohen that is what? Merubah Begadim. Chutz mi parabah al Except when it comes to the parabah al kola What's the difference? A Kohen Mashiach that has anointment, uh, he brings the Korban of Pari which means if he made a mistake, 
However, uh, by the Mirubah Begadim, he does not bring such a Qurban. And as well as, uh, Regarding the personal Qurban every day of the Kohen Gadol, that it brings Asri Ta'ifa, we have Gizrat Kadu, this does not apply only to a Kohen Mashiach, an anointed one, not a Mirubah Begadim. And all that we just said above, Nothing of these laws applied to the Kohen of the army. Except for the following five items. No poreya, he's not allowed to let his hair grow. Velo porem, right, he's not allowed to rip his garments in avelut. Velo he does not metamet his relatives. He's commanded to marry a betula. He cannot marry an almana, a widow. And also his death can release the murderers from in Miklad Kedavrede Be'udah like the Be'udah in Masechet Makot. V'achamim omrim eno ma'azir. V'achamim say, he cannot ma'azir. Now, bottom line, what do you see in this long b'raita? First of all, you see that there's two Kohanim that wear eight. A Kohen Gadol Mashuach that was anointed, as well as a regular Kohen that wasn't anointed, but as long as he's a Kohen Gadol. So you see this rabbi is not worried about Eva. This rabbi is not worried about envy or jealousy. Because you have two Kohanim over here, the bottom line are both wearing eight Begadim. And that same rabbi still says that when it comes to the Kohen Mashuach Milchama, he does not wear eight Begadim. Now obviously it cannot be an Eva issue. Because again, this rabbi is not concerned with Eva. How do we know he's not concerned with Eva? Because the Kohen Mashiach, it's Kohen that had anointment with oil, and the Kohen Gadol Mirubah Begadim both wear eight garments. So you have two Kohanim that wear eight garments, and you see that there's no jealousy amongst them. So you see, Eva is not an issue amongst this rabbi, and still he says what? That the Kohen Mashuach Milchama does not wear eight garments. If the Kohen Mashuach Milchama doesn't wear eight garments, what's the reason? It's not an Eva issue over here. Now let's read Rashi up until this point. Let's start from from the fourth line in Rashi. Velo Kamishamish. Velo Kamishamish. Kilomad. The Kamad. This opinion holds. Velo Mishamish Mashuach Milchama Bishmona. That he doesn't wear eight garments. Par Kohen Mashuach lo garsin. Okay, the Hainu par about kolam zvot Kohen Mashiach shechata be'alim davar. He made a mistake. Be'asad davar shayim azudno karet. He did something that he punishable by karet. Mevi par vehidyot mevi kisba or sa'ida. Vehidyot brings either a kevis sheep or a goat. Kishani yachich misal a regular yisrael medicine. Be'asli ta'ifah shemichol yom the Kohen Mashiach brings every day a be'asli ta'ifah. Can dichti be'al Kohen Mashiach tachtan banav yase ota lo poreya. He doesn't grow his hair in Avelut. He rips the hem of his garment. But the Hedjot is to the seven close relatives. If a positive commitment to marry a Betula, and he says a negative commitment that he cannot marry a even when there's a death and he's onen, he does not leave the mikdash, meaning he continues to serve. Even though he does 
serve in the Beit HaMikdash when he's on in. Shaveu lo l'anyan achila, but they're equal when it comes to achila, both do not eat korbanot on in. Ve'enu cholek. He does not divide the korbanot when he's on in. Keshu on in le'echol le'erev. Keshu ta'avod aninut. When the night comes and the aninut passes, because the aninut in the Torah is only during the day of the, uh, the day of the death, but at night there's no aninut. So therefore you, uh, the, the Gemara is telling all of Zavir that he cannot even divvy during the day to eat it. The subsequent night, you have to be raui to eat in order to divvy. But if you're not raui to eat, then already you're not raui even to divide to eat it at a later time. Meaning he gets to the choice parts of the animal, he gets first choice of whatever parts. Umakrif Halik Baros means to bring on the Qurban, he gets to sacrifice whatever parts he wants. Upatur al Tumat Mikdash, he's Patur if he enters Mikdash Tamim Borayot, Afkalam Mikram, Biperik Matra, Vikuda, Hachmat Itam, Fresh Tatam, okay, so bright as in Masek Dorayot, Miruba Begadin. From the day that the Shemina Mishcha was put into Geriza, the only difference between a regular Kohen and a Gadol was the eight Begadin. The Mashiach Ketibe. When it comes to the Par Mashiach, it says by him he brings a Par. Even though it says by the Kohen Mashiach, Asirit Haifa, and therefore Lechara a Mirubabe Gadim should not bring Asirit Haifa. It Rabbeinu Amen Mirubabe Gadim, but we have in the Rashi to include Mirubabe Gadim by Asirit Haifa, even though the word Mashiach is used by Asirit Haifa. Don't worry, that we have a special Gezerat to include even a Mirubabe Gadim. I'm a Vehak Kohen, but what Kohenim? Avala Kohen, Nichtiv Kamei Par Abal Kol Hamazot, Estarik Negufeh. But the extra words that are written by Pari Alem Davan is not coming to include a Mirubah Begadim. So bottom line, a Mirubah Begadim brings a Hasri Taifa every day, but he does not bring a Pari Alem a common voice. Vechulam. Actually, I did not read this in the Vraita, so I will, I will uh, go back to the Gemara. One, two, three, four, five lines when they get down. Five lines wide. All the following laws apply to a Kohen She'avar. What is a Kohen She'avar? You have the Kohen. He became Pasu for whatever reason. They put a substitute Kohen in. The original Kohen got better, so now he gets his job back. The second Kohen is called the Kohen She'avar, which means he was a Kohen and then he lost his... Position, right? So all the laws that we just... He's a Kohen Gadol. All the laws that we just mentioned apply to a Kohen She'avad except Chutz, Mepar, Yom Kippurim, Ta'ifa, etc. Now, from here you see that what? A Kohen She'avad wears eight Begadim. Now if he wears eight Begadim, so you have two Kohenim now they're wearing eight Begadim. So you see this opinion that is not concerned about Eva. Because you have two coin that are living simultaneously that uh, they're wearing a pegadim. So let's continue Rashi. Vechuna noheged b'mashuach she'avar kegon im irap sul bekohen gadol uminu acher tachtav. They put another one instead. Ulagaz eman hazar rishon la'avodato ve'avar zem mishiato kulan noagot bo. All the laws apply to him. Chutz mepadio mikiburim v'asit ha'efa shem chovak kibua. Because that's a, 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 an obligation that's set. The Hada Amar Rahmanad the Karav Rosh Taim. 
Torah says only one is brought and not two. So therefore the Pari'alim and the Asit only apply to the original coin that gets his job back and not the substitute. Now, but still you see what? That the Kohen Mashuah Milchama in this Braita, as we continue reading the Braita, does not wear eight Begadim. Ah, so the Gemara is trying to tell us over here, you see that Eva is not the issue. Because this rabbi is not concerned with Eva, and still the Mashuah Milchama does not wear eight Begadim. So comes the Gemara and says, no, the Gemara said above, that he really minat Torah should wear eight begadim. But midrabanan eva. We don't want him to have envy with the other guys, so we let him wear, uh, 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 he can't wear eight. So the point is, the only reason why we're not letting him wear eight, it seems it's because of eva. That's not so. Here's a Tanah that's not concerned with eva, and sometimes the Quran Mashiach does not wear eight. The Gemara answers, Kilet le eva when do we say there's no Eva? When you have Kohanim that are equal. Which means the regular Kohen and the Kohen Sha'abad, they were on equal levels. So there's no jealousy. However, on a Kohen that's less in stature, there's going to be envy. What is he wearing eight begadim for? Which is the Kohen Mashuah Melchama is less in stature than the regular Kohen Gadol. So therefore, while there's no Eva by a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Sha'avar, however, there will be envy Eva by a Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Mashuah Melchama. Therefore, even though Menat Turai deserves to wear eight, he doesn't wear eight because of Eva. So that's basically the Gemara's conclusion that he should wear eight, but he doesn't only because of the law of envy that will be called. Now look at Rashi. Rashi says, Right. He was a Kohen Gadol like the first one, to the equal. But the Kohen, that's less than a regular Kohen Gadol. So we are concerned about the envy. Comes the Gemara and continues. Yativ Rabbi Abu. Rabbi Abu was sitting. He said the following teaching of Rabbi about the Kohen, Mashuah Melchamah, that he wears eight garments. Mm-hmm. But instead of saying it in the name of Rabdimi, he said it in Shemed Rabbi Yohanan. Okay, he quoted Rabbi Yohanan. Ahadirinu Rabbi Amiv Rabbi Asir Apayu. So when Rabbi Amir and Rabbi Asir heard it, they turned their face away from him. As if to say, you're wrong. Rabbi Yohanan wasn't the author of the statement. Ika da Amri, there's another version of what happened. Rabbi Hiyabar Abba Amra. Rabbi Hiyabar Abba said the statement. Ahadirinu Rabbi Amiv Rabbi Asir Apayu. And they turned their face away from him as if to say it wasn't Rabbi Yohanan that made the statement. We understand the version that Rabbi Abu was quoting Rabbi Yohanan. Mishum Yekara Debe Kesar. And because he was very influential, Rabbi Abu used to go back and forth to the Caesar, he was very politically connected, that's why the rabbis, they didn't tell him explicitly, you're wrong. Rabbi Yohanan didn't make the statement, they did it in a respectful way, they just turned their face from him. But according to the version that Rabbi Hayabar Abba quoting, Nimrule. They should have told him explicitly, Neymar lo amar Rabbi Yohanan 
They should have told them, Rabbi Yohanan didn't say this. Why would they have to give him extra respect by turning their face? So then the Gemara is trying to say the version that has it as Rabbi Abhu calling Rabbi Yohanan is more correct. Because it makes sense to the reaction of the rabbis that they were more diplomatic, let's say, by turning their head away instead of telling them, you know, you're wrong. Why would they treat him great, uh, greater? Because he indeed was a respectable man because he had the political connections with the Caesar. When Yavin came from Eretz Yisrael, Amar, he said, Nish'al Itmar. The whole subject over here is regarding when the Kohen is being asked. What does that mean? Look at five lines from the bottom in the sheet. You got it all wrong. When we said the Kohen, wears eight garments, it wasn't talking about when he serves in the Beit HaMikdash. Which means the Kohen, they would ask him questions. What type of questions? Should we go to war? Are we going to win? And therefore all the Gemara is saying when he's asked the questions, he puts on the eight. But really, he doesn't serve. That wasn't a shayla. Only the Kohen Mashuah, the regular Kohen, he serves with eight begadim. This guy, Mashuah Ma'amah, if he goes in the mental he doesn't wear eight. But we just, we, we, he said he wears eight. Yeah, when they ask him a shayla for the Urim Tumim, he puts on the year garment. So the Gemara says, Nish'al Kamar. It's on the, the shayla. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar, Nish'al Itmar. We have a bright to support this begadim. Shikohen Gadol Mishamish Bahim. The clothes that the Kohen Gadol serves in Mashuah Milchaman Ishal Bahim. Right? The same eight that the Kohen works in, the Kohen Mashuah Milchaman is asked in. They ask him the questions when he's wearing the garments. Tell the banan. Kesad Shu'alim. Okay, now we're going to discuss the procedure of how do you ask the Kohen Gadol a question when he's wearing the Ulim Vitumim. What's the procedure? Hashu'el Panav Kulapen Ishal. So the one that's asking faces the Kohen that's being asked. Ben Ishal Panav Kulapen Shekhina. And the Kohen that's being asked, he faces the Shekhina, meaning his head is down looking at the Ulim Vitumim. Because in the flaps of the Ulim Vitumim, you have the Shimma Mefurash. So the Shekhinah really is on his chest. So the question, the one that's asking the question looks at the Kohen. The Kohen himself has his head down looking at the Urim Vitumi. Mashoel Omer. The Shoel says, Erdof That's my question. Should we run after uh, this uh, army? So God says, Go rise up and be successful. The Be'ud Ha'omer, and Sri Kumar, Ko Amar Hashem. You don't have to say Ko Amar Hashem. Ela, Alev Aslach. He's asking Hashem. It's obvious. Therefore, you just have to say Alev Aslach. En Shualim Bekol. The one that's asking the question does not ask it aloud. Shne'emar Vesha'al Lo. The question is asked to the Kohen when nobody else can hear the question. The question is directed to the Kohen. Ve'lo Ma'rer Bilibo. Nor... Is he married? Meaning he has to verbalize the question. He can't just stand in front of the Kohen Gadol and think of the question. You have to ask the question in front of Hashem. So therefore, the Gemara says, two lines in the bottom of reading that she, Yes, to verbalize it. Ma'u sho'ev shneimar v'sha'al lo b'mishpat ha'orim u'smich le'alpiv yitzu. Right after that pasuk of v'sha'al lo, 
Maybe Vishalom means in his brain he asks the question. But the next line says, Al Pivyetsu. Kari Behaki. Read the Pasukim like this. Vesha Aloha Shoel Al Piv. Which means juxtapose the next Pasuk Al Piv, what we just said before. He will ask the question Al Piv with his mouth. Shemotsi Devarim Be Piv. Now the Gemara says, he asked the question the way Hannah asked when she was praying. Right? It says Hannah was speaking in a heart, meaning she was saying it in a low voice, but the Pasuk does say, her lips were moving. So therefore the same thing, you have to verbalize, cut the words with your lips when you ask the Kohen Gadol, but it's in a low voice that only the Kohen Gadol can hear and nobody else. Next law. You don't ask two questions at the same time. Now she says, You ask one question, you get an answer. Then you ask the second question, you get the answer. You don't ask two questions at the same time. The Sha'al and if he did ask two questions, in Mahazirin Ilaihad. They can only answer one of them. Vein Mahazim no Ilalishon. And they only answer the first question. Shri Imam. David Melech asked the question once to the Kohen Gadol. Hayizgiruni Baale Kiila Biyado Hayirid Shaud. David Melech was concerned. First of all, he was concerned that Shaul HaMelech who was pursuing him was going to go down to where David was. And secondly, he was concerned are the people of uh, the city of Ki'ilah going to hand over David to Shaul. So he has two questions. His first question was, are they going to hand me over to Shaul? And number two, he asked, is Shaul coming down to this area? Vayomer Hashem Yered. So you see, God only answered one question. He asked two questions, and God only answered one, and He said He's coming down. Hold it, the Gemara says. You just told me that they answered the first question, and here they would not even answer the second question. The Gemara says, David Sha'al Shelo Keseder, Ve'azirono Keseder. Which is, really, David asked the questions out of order. The first, right, the first question you have to say, is Shaul going down? And if he is going down, are they going to hand me over to him? So since he asked out of order, they answered him in order. Meaning, to your first question that you should have asked, it did. He's going down. Well, once David, from the answer, he realized that he asked out of order, Hazar Bishal Kesedir. He then asked the second question, Shneemar, Hayazgiru Bale Kaila Oti, Vet Anshai, Anashai Biyad Shaul. Vayomer Hashem, and what did Hashem answer? Yazgiru. So therefore, when David heard the answer, he said, Oh, they put my second question first, so therefore he asked the second question again, and he said, are they going to hand me over? Is they going to hand me over? And they said, yes. Comes again and says, but let's say it's a pressing situation where time is of the essence, and the, uh, the one that's asking has to ask two questions simultaneously, because there's no time to have the back and forth. Sorry. Which means what? They answer them, Two questions. Shnei Emar, 
וישאל דוד בהשם נאמר, דוד אין סתורים ותומים, הארדוף אחרי הגדוד הזה, should I chase this army, האשיגנו And will I reach them? So number one, two questions. Shall I chase them and will I be successful? Will I, will I reach them? Vayomer lo redof. That's the first answer. Ki hasek tasig vayasel tasil. So you see over here, David was, was, was in a situation over here where time is of the essence. Uh, his, his men uh, were being attacked by the Amalekim. And now he needed to know right away, should he go after Amadekim and is he going to win? So he asked two questions at the same time. Since it was pressing, they answered him immediately. That she just tells us in the top line, That's right, pressure. That was the story of David in the city of Siklag. Comes the Gemara and continues. Another rule. Even though the words of a prophet can be uh, changed, for example, like in the story of Yonah, where we read that God said in the name of Yonah to Yonah that in 40 days Nineveh is going to be destroyed. That was a prophecy from the prophet. They made Teshuvah, and what happened to Gezerah changed. Gezerah, Urim, Vitumim, Enachozeret. However, once the Urim Vitumi make their ruling, it's binding, doesn't change. It calls the law of the Urim a Mishpat. It's a law, doesn't change. Why do they call these uh, stones Urim Vitumim? Urim Shemeirim et Devrem. Meirim Devrem is not only that they light up, but as she says, Mefarshim et Devrem, their words are clear. It gives you a clear answer. Tumim shemashlimim et devrem. Tumim comes from the lashon tam. That she says kedamran, which means it's conclusive. It's tam. It's over. Once the only tumim give the answer, there's no uh, retraction. Ah, v'im tomar pigivad binyamin. In the story of the Naviyah, when the Jewish people wanted to go fight against Shevet binyamin. So they went to the Udim V'tumim and they asked them questions. And seemingly, the Udim V'tumim's answer was not correct. What the Gemara says, Which is, their words were not conclusive. Why? So comes the Gemara and explains, Hem shelo bihanu im im Originally, they just asked the Urim V'tumim, should we go to war? So the Urim V'tumim told them, go! But they didn't ask the second question, which is the more important question, are you going to win or not? So they went out to the war the first time, they lost. They went out to war the second time, after the Urim V'tumim told them, go! And they lost! So the Gemara is coming along to say, over here, so you see, the Urim V'tumim over here, they told them to go out to war, but what? Obviously something changed. Because they went out to war, and they lost. So the Gemara says, no, it's because they didn't ask the right way. They didn't ask if they're going to be victorious or not. 
ובאחרונה שביחנו הסכימו in the end when they asked the right question they asked basically are we going to be successful so they said ופנאז בן עזה בן אהרון עומד לפניו ביומיהם נאמר האוסיף עוד לשאת את המלחמה עם בני בנימין אחי עם אחדל then they asked should we continue to go against our brothers בנימין to fight or should we stop they, they were asking the question, are we going to be victorious or not? Go because tomorrow you will be successful. Now it's good just to get the Pesukim, what happened in that story of Pinegesh Begiba'ah. There were three occasions which they went and asked the Urim V'tumim. The first Pasuk says, Vayakumu v'yaralu bet'el, vayishalu b'eloim v'yomiru b'nei Yisrael. Mi yaralei lanu b'tachila l'milchama imene b'nyamin. Who should go fight first? Which tribe should lead the war? What happened? They went out to war with Yehuda. They lost. Next pasuk. Should we continue the uh, assault against Benjamin? They said, yeah, continue. And the next pasuk says, Vayishalu b'nei Yisrael b'ashem v'sham arom b'nei Tadim b'yim ahem u'pinehaz b'nei Hazar was there. Omer l'fana b'yim ahem nemor ha'osif od l'asit m'lachamayim b'nei b'nyamin achi imerdal or should we stop? Only the third time they ask correctly. Should we continue or should we stop? Then, Vayomer Hashem alu ki magar etenenu biyadecha. Which means, uh, on the first ones, they didn't ask uh, correctly. But on the uh, last occasion, they asked if they're going to be victorious. Then already they got their right answer. Let's just review the story of the Urim V'tumim over by the Pinesh Begivah. So over here, there was a story with the Pinebish Begivah. There was a Pinebish uh, of a certain man who was staying in the town of Givah. And um, he was roughed up. And they took uh, his Pinegesh, and uh, she died from an ordeal that night. Uh, incest at this unprecedented crime, the other tribes assembled and demanded of Binyamin that it submit the perpetrator to them to be executed. And Binyamin did not comply. The tribes, after consulting the Urim V'tumim, went to war against Binyamin, only to suffer terrible casualties. Again they asked the Urim V'tumim, and again they went to battle the following day, but once again, they were even more repulsed with heavy loss of life. Only after consulting the Urim V'tumim a third time, were they victorious. So now the Gemara is saying, what are you talking about? I thought the Urim V'tumim's words, they're conclusive, they never go unfulfilled. But that's the Gemara saying, eh, they didn't ask the right questions. When they finally asked, are we going to win? They told them, are you going to win? The first time they just said, Yehuda Ya'aleh. The second one, should we go to war? Yeah, yeah, you should go to war. But the point is, once the question was asked, should we stop? Then they would even say, no, 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 don't stop. Continue and be successful. Comes the Gemara and says, Comes the Gemara and says, Kesad Nasit. Okay, how does the Urim Vitumi work? She wants you to ask the question. So the Gemara says, boltot. The letters actually protrude. Now they don't move uh, uh, out of its socket, according to some opinions, but it just looks to the Kohen Gadol like certain letters are protruding out. Rishtaki says that the letters actually don't only protrude, but they actually form the word. 
it's a machloket over here how to learn this machloket. Some say they're saying two different things. The first one is boltot, and then the queen has to figure out the letters, what they mean. Whereas according to the Shtakish, he says no. Actually, the letters actually form a word. Another way of learning is no. Each rabbi is looking at a different phase of the process. The first process is what? Boltot. The letters are bullet. They have an image as if they're protruding. And then... They mitzarfot. They combine together to form a word. The Gemara says, "Wait, what are you talking? About? There's no tzaddi in the Urim Vitim. If you look at all the names of the tribes, there's no tzaddi. And we just said one of the answers they told them was the word hatzel, which means uh, you will be saved. So it comes the Gemara and says, Amar Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov Ketiv Sham, which means you have." The names of the avot that are there. So that is the letter tzaddi. According to the Gemara you also have the letter kof that is not in the names of the shemateim. By Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, you gain that as well. <laughs> Even by adding Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, you still don't have the letter tet. It says also the word shivte yeshurun. So therefore you have the tet. Metibe kol kohen she'erom medaber. Beruah hakodesh ushchina shorei alav. Any kohen gadol that does not have ruah hakodesh and the shechina is not resting on him. Encho alimbo. You don't ask him. You got to ask only kohen gadol that has ruah hakodesh. How do we know? When David Amalek was running away from Absalom, he needed to know about his uh, position. So he asked Sadok the Kohen, and Sadok gave him an answer. But when he asked Eviatar, Eviatar did not get the answer. Could not answer. Shneemar, Vayaral Eviatar, Adom Kolaam. Which means after Eviatar was asked the question, he couldn't answer it. They took away the Kiunah from Eviatar and they gave it to Tzadok. Now the Chaurah, the question of Gemara is, what do you mean? What do you need to? What do you need him to have Ruach Hakodesh for? Seemingly, if you're telling me that the letters are bullet, the letters come out. It seems that the Torah team themselves. Are giving the uh, are giving the answer. So therefore, you tell me if he doesn't have ruach kodesh, what is he ruach kodesh for? The the, the urim to him are seemingly giving the answer. So comes the Gemara and says, "Siyu'e ava misayeya badayu." Rashi, "Siyu'e ava misayeya kohen badayu urim to him." Hilkach in kohen kasher aya v'ra'uy l'shot shechina alav haotiyot boltot o mitzarfot al yedon kishin shalim bovim lav lo boltot mitzarfot. Which means you got a ruach kodesh first. If he has ruach kodesh, then the unity works. Then otiyot al boltot the mitzarfot. But if you don't have ruach kodesh, finished. It's not going to work. So therefore, you need the queen's powers, so to speak, to activate the powers of the um, of the guy of the uh, of the choshen. Look at Rashi, Shneemar. This one before that, uh, actually, Sharish Shal Sadok. Kishayad David Borech with Neb Shalom. David was running away from Neb Shalom. Shneemar veYachal eviyatar atom kol ham laamor v'tanya besedir olam v'shal borim v'tumim v'lo altalu v'nestalek min akeuna. Eviyatar they left, they threw him out of the keuna. Shneemar veYachal eviyatar medektani de ba'ei kohen hamadimiru hakodesh. The Gemara says, "Rashi is explaining the question. The fact that you see that the kohen has the ruach hakodesh, alma lo botov lo misterfot hayu. Tivken hamadimiru hakodesh, which means if you tell me you need ruach hakodesh." So what do I need the letters being bullet? He has Ruach HaKodesh. He'll know it on his own. And no, 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 no. Even though he has Ruach HaKodesh, it helps him. She says, it helps him get the answer by 
Meaning, well, he would get the answer on his own. You know, the question is just uh, an aid to make it easier for him. But without Ruach HaKodesh, it doesn't work at all. Last point in the Gemara. The only ones that can ask the Nurim and Tumim are public figures that Kala Yisrael are relying on. For example, the king. How do we know that? Amar Rabbi Abu the Amar Kira V'nifne El Hazar HaKohen Ya'amod so now the Gemara is Doresh on these words. Now actually the whole Pasuk reads according to its words you will go out so the Gemara is going to Doresh these words who? Each one of these terminology represents a different category. So the Gemara says, "Who? The Melech. The Chol Ben Yisrael Ito. The Mashuach Melchama. The Chol Aida Zus Anedrin." Which means, who are the three uh, that get to ask? So who is the king? The king of uh, Israel. How do we know? Because the pasuk right before that was talking about Yeshua Ben Nun, and Yeshua Ben Nun had the status of the king because he was the successor of Moshe. Pasuk says, who? Who is he talking about? Yoshua. The next line was what? Bechol b'nei Yisrael. That's referring to the Mashuach Milchama, which we learn of as sometimes the Mashuach Milchama was asked, and sometimes he asked himself, which means he would turn to the Urim and and ask the Urim and himself if they should go to war. And last but not least, Bechol Aida. That's referring to the Sanhedrin, which means they needed to know if they go out to war or not. Rashi, Bechol B'nei Sereto, Mi Shekol B'nei Sereto. Now, who is with B'nei Israel? Latzel Melchama Harab. Who's at the Kohen Mashiach Melchama? Which is when the Pasuk says, Bechol B'nei Israel Ito. Which person has all the Jewish people with him? That's the Kohen that takes the Jewish people out to war. That's how they know from those words, it's Kohen Mashuach Melchama. Obviously, when it says Aida, it does the reference of the Sanhedrin. Hadran Alak Baalo Kohen Gadol. And now we begin the eighth Perek. The Mishnah says, Yom Kippurim, on the day of Kippur, Asur Ba'achilat, forbidden to eat, Umeshtiyah, forbidden to drink, Umer Chitzah, that's forbidden to bathe, Upsichah, to anoint oneself, Ubenirat HaSadal, wearing leather shoes, Uben Tashmish Tamitah, and marital relations. Ve'amelech, a king, Ve'akalah, a bride, within 30 days of a marriage, Yirchatsuit Benem, they may wash their face. Because it is their way to remain beautiful, like the Pazuk says, Melech Be'yofyo, Te'chazena Enecha. As well as a Kalah, within the first 30 days, she has to look beautiful for her new husband. Ve'achaya, a lady that just gave birth, Tin'ol et sandal. She can wear leather shoes. That's a lady that gave birth. She, a haya is a lady that just gave birth. She's allowed to wear leather shoes because, because, because her feet uh, on the bare floor will cause her to get sick. Rashi, the haya yoledet. Tenoleta sandal, shasina kashela. The bit of Billy Isaac. Now, Rashi says, Akulu ka'e. Mele kalab haya. These three laws, the exceptions, the king. The bride and the Hayat of Bili Aizir says all of them can wear leather shoes. Bachamim Osrim. Now it's a machlok, and we'll see in the Gemara. What are they Osir? Are they Osir only on the Hayat? Or are they Osir on all the three items that we just mentioned? 
האוכל ככותב את הגסה, a person that eats, כותב את הגסה, the size of a fat date, כמוה וכגרעיניתה, its size plus its pit, you're not eating the pit, meaning factor in the size of the date plus its pit, that's the shi'ud that one is going to be hayav, karet on kippur, and if somebody drinks cheekful, cheekfuls of liquid, hayav, that's the shi'ud. All foods, you can you can join them to get to the shi'ud of a date. Which means you ate a, a little of this food, a little of that food, and combining it's a kotevet, And all liquids are mistaref to get to the shi'ud of cheekfuls. However, food and drink are not mistaref. Which means let's say you have a half a kotevet of food, and uh, one cheekful of liquid, you don't mistaref it to get to the shi'ud. Now, normally the shi'ud of akhina is kezayit. However, on Kippur, the Torah doesn't say don't eat. It says vi'inni tem. It has to be inui. So therefore, inui means it has to be affliction. So therefore, the shi'ud is a little bigger. Which means, even if you eat a kezayit, it would still be considered technically inui. It's still affliction. So therefore, it has to be a little bigger shi'ud. Comes the Gemara and says, Asur, the Mishnah says, anybody that eats a kotevet gasa, or eats on Kippur for that matter, Asur. So Asur sounds like it's like uh, uh, just a Asur, let's say, even if you want to say it's Asur, not Torah. But it doesn't sound like it's Karet. So the Gemara asks, Asur? Anosh Karetu. What are you talking about? It's what is what my Karet these things. Amarabi ila, Tetima Rabi Yirmiya, Lord, it's Ka'ela, the Hatsi Shi'ur. The Hadush of the Mishnah is to come and tell you. If you ate full shi'ur, it's karet. The hadush is even less than a shi'ur, which we call chatsi shi'ur. Chatsi shi'ur does not necessarily mean half shi'ur. It means anything less than the shi'ur. It's called chatsi shi'ur. Still it's going to be asura. She says, the chatsi shi'ur kegon, pachot mekekotevet gasa. She shi'ur yom kipurim kedam matim echi, lo shalim shi'ura karet neka. Isura ika. There might not be karet, but there's going to be an isur. Hani alem andaman chatsi shi'ur asum na Torah. Yeah, that's going to go to the opinion that says if you eat less than the shi'ur, it's still asur. I mean, there's an opinion that says less than the shi'ur is asur from the Torah, you just don't get the punishment. Right, so that makes, that makes sense. When it says, asur it's chasi shi'ur and it's asur. But according to the opinion that says chasi shi'ur is permissible from the Torah, well, why is the Mishnah saying asur? The itma, now we're going to quote the Mahlokin. Chasi shi'ur, Rabbi Yohanan Amar, asur from the Torah. The Nabi Yohanan learns that not only is full shi'ur asumatura, but even chatsi shi'ur. What's the logic? Because uh, the Pasuk, when it talks about halib, it says, kol halib lo tochelu. Kol halib. Not only a kezayit of halib, but any shi'ur of halib is asur, even chatsi. The only difference is, a full shi'ur of halib is punishable. Less than the shi'ur asumatura, but not punishable. The Shlakish Amar mutamatura. The Shlakish says, According to Rabbi Yohanan that says We understand the Mishnah Why it says Asur Which means Even Rabbi Rishlakish holds Asish Shi'ur is Asur Midrabbanan Therefore according to when the Mishnah says Jom Kippurim Asur Ba'akhila It means Asur Midrabbanan So because we have a fantastic Look at learn this Mishnah now, according to Rabbi Yochanan, Yom Kippurim Asur Ba'achilam B'deoraita. 
קוסט חצי שיעור, בתי זנוק קרט, קוסט חצי שיעור, צלסת את השיעור, או קוטל ושלגיש, יום הכיבורים אסור מדרבנן, באכילת חצי שיעור, קוסט מן התורה חצי שיעור זה אוקיי, ברוך הבא לעולם.